0: I'd like to be above the sea, in an atmospheric river, in the shade. We drink it in when the rain begins, in an atmospheric river, in the shade. The roads are looking like a pothole mess, I hope a sinkhole doesn't cause me distress. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cowboy Jeff and Andy. I'm I'm Andy. Uh, this week, I wanted to focus on Chicago. I had a chance to go with the Central Coast Comedy Theater on a field trip to Chicago, and and this program features an interview with Sabrina Pratt, who's the owner and artistic director of the Central Coast Comedy Theater, and and she, in her post college years. Sp- spent about seven years in Chicago doing theater. And, and so she sponsored this trip and, and I was just blown away. I I don't know how many theaters there are in Chicago, but 15, uh, that is where the historic second city, uh, theater is, uh, those shows are, uh, second city was bought by a hedge fund and, and, uh, they put on more professional shows, uh, Excellent. Uh, but just was blown away. All these actors everywhere. There's we went to this theater called the Annoyance Theater, and they have a cool kind of hip bar, and then you go off onto different theaters, and they have shows at seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock, and uh, it was just a very vibrant way to see theater, not in a stuffy theater where it starts at seven and and you go to some place. It was it was more hip, more urban. And so I really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, we saw improv Shakespeare, which was amazing. Just based, they did a program based on a suggestion in the style of Shakespeare. Uh, the other thing we saw was improv in the style of Alfred Hitchcock, and they also had a side drinking game. So they were acting out a scenario in the style of Alfred Hitchcock's movies. And they were also drinking on stage. So they started getting a little buzzed and that created a lot of humor. But it's a place we just just shows. I think I saw 15 shows in a couple days. So I just really had a great time. Now, uh, Chicago, uh, I studied city planning. Chicago is uh, one of the hotbeds for the city planning movement. Uh, they had a historic fire. Their, um, uh, their, their um, downtown was burnt. And so they have rebuilt in, in the different styles of modern architecture. Uh, What I did like about Chicago and I I didn't go to the South side, but uh, they just have miles and miles of two story buildings, very human scale. And I think affordable, maybe a little bit more affordable for artists uh, in a, in, in these Northern cities. So a lot of people, actors come through Chicago to cut your, cut their teeth at second city. Now, uh, Improv is an American art form. It was developed uh, by Del Close, and and he went to San Francisco, and he was inspired by Miles Davis. In the summer of '69, uh, there were the Compass Players. Um, he was in San Francisco for a while, and then in Chicago. And Sabrina um, describes it better. It's called the Herald, which is a series of vignettes and improv games, but. Uh, it's, it's, it's a structure in something that's supposed to be unstructured, which is improvised performance. We had, uh, we were able to do a workshop, uh, with Jonathan Pitts and he hosted the Chicago Improv Festival for 20 years. And he has taught improv all over the world and he had some interesting things for example, in Europe, improv, uh, it's more like theater and they want costumes and they want, they want production value in Asia. People are more repressed. He said that after a certain age, they, the people don't touch as much. And, and it's a very reserved society in Taiwan. And, and he the improv there really focused on people feeling things, generating emotion. In Ireland, it was all about the jokes and the stories. Uh, Irish, they're great storytellers. And, um, and so uh, a lot of focus on stories in improv in Ireland. Uh, New Zealand and Australia, they're just, they love the humor. They love the jokes. They want you to kill. So uh, a great comedy country there in New Zealand. He also talked about improv styles in Latin America, which I need to study more. He talked about more of a a progressive social commentary in the improv from Latin America. So a lot of different styles. I also learned about, they have the Harold and style, and they also have the Armando style, which has starts with a, a story, a comedic story, and then the actors act out scenes from that story. And then it goes back into back into a scene. So there are a lot of styles. And I just I can't wait to go back. Uh, gosh, improv rock opera. Oh, you know, that is just uh, that's some Jack Black kind of I, I can't wait for that. I did have a I a chance to go to one of the famous Chicago blues clubs, the Kingston Mines. Huge club. Uh, Little Ed and the Blues Imperials were playing um, more of a traditional type of blues. Uh, But I was impressed. There was a a woman singer, guitar player came in and they go all night. I think she was supposed to do three or four sets and Little Ed was supposed to do a set and so they go all night. They go till five o'clock in the morning at the Kingston's Mines in Chicago. I didn't make it to the South side to uh, buddy guys blues club and and so I'll put that on the list for the for the next trip. I'm definitely going back. So I just wanted to share this interview with uh, Sabrina and talk a little bit about improv. it's It's something that, I mean, twenty years ago, it was almost like a joke and 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 I and now it's really, all those people, like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, and all the all the people that came before them, I think they've you know brought le- more legitis- legitimacy to this art form, and, and now we're seeing it. We're seeing it in San Luis Obispo, and we're seeing it seeing it in colleges and and and, and cities. So, so anyway, this week is improv week. Hope you like it. here with Sabrina Pratt, who is the owner and artistic director of the Central Coast Comedy Theater. Good afternoon, Sabrina. Hi, Andy. Well, I am taking uh, Sabrina's uh, stand-up comedy class. And Sabrina, I went to three open mics this week. Awesome. Oh my gosh, me, that's great. You gave me that homework and, and you I, did, I you, took it to heart. You
1: did the homework three times. That's right. And well I went done. up to the
0: Poorhouse and and uh, Paso Robles and even got a few chuckles. So I'm pretty good. happy about good, that. Good, good. Well, we uh, were together on the Chica- Chicago trip. And I, I mean, what did you enjoy most about that trip? Uh, it was so...
1: My experience um, doing improv and sketch comedy and living in Chicago is s- such a beautiful, impactful, important part of my life. And then my experience out here, doing improv out here in California, has been s- such an important part of my life. There, But they seem to be in two different chapters. So my favorite part of that trip was bringing the chapters together is what it felt like, you know. Um, and it was cool to go back to... It was, well, I was just telling Beth about it earlier, but my friend who was in the office here, it was really cool to go back to the city. And I was like, it's like, you know, it's better than traveling alone. You're taking a vacation with your friends and you're also watching a bunch of comedy. And, you know, I think if I went on a vacation with um, like a random group of people that weren't really into improv, then we might see one improv show that I drag everyone to. But this way it was like, okay, we all have the shared interest, so we're just going to see as many shows as we can pack in, you know? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Do you miss the city? Um, I don't. I'll say it like this. I don't miss living there. But if I lived 20 minutes from Chicago, I'd be very content. Like if if there was a way to like fold the country in half so that Chicago was closer to San Luis Obispo, but I could have both. Then yes, and if I have to choose, I'm really happy with where I currently live. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you uh, have it you were a teacher, and and we have that in common, and and you uh, were raised in uh, South Carolina. Yeah. And you were in Charlotte.
1: Um. Yes. So how did you yeah. end
0: up going into education, and how did you end up leaving the public <laughs> school system?
1: Yeah, for sure well i um so I went to school I went to Winthrop University which is a um they have a really great teaching program there and um I was a theater major and um I had an education i was a theater education major, so it's this like rare degree where I was able to graduate and not have to get a master's to teach. I graduated with a teaching credential and I also went to school on a teaching fellowship um Which helped me pay for school up front. And then I paid him back (laughs) Um, because the agreement was, hey, stay in the Carolinas and teach uh, for a number of years on this fellowship. And what ended up happening was after I graduated, I taught theater at a middle school for two years. And then I got too many ants in my pants and moved to Chicago to be a comedian. So So. you just felt like you needed a
0: you were too young to settle.
1: Yeah, I was like 23 or 24. I felt and and that's exactly what i was thinking i was like oh my gosh like oh uh, yeah i i i like what i'm doing but it, i i have this other stuff that i want to go do like i want to go live this wildlife as a comedian and i just kind of intuitively knew that i um wouldn't always be okay being as uncomfortable as you kind of have to be at times if you're going to go do that you mm-hmm. know um you're talking about the
0: risk of going into an artistic career.
1: Yeah, and and also like the lifestyle I think or at least that's what I threw myself into. I don't think you have to do comedy that way or anything like that, but like I threw myself into into the world of comedy in Chicago like off you know right from the beginning. Um right from the get-go and um when I first moved to the city, moved there with very little money, like you, a couple you, hundred bucks.
0: And you said you, you I had to get a waitress job.
1: Yeah. And I worked at Second City. I got hired at Second City. Wow. I actually got hired as a host first, which is the person who like seats the audience. And then part of your job is to like sit on a nice comfy chair in a great part of the theater and watch the shows.
0: <laughs> you know, I had a, a experience. I got out during the Second City show. Yeah. I got out my camera. Oh, and yep. and boy, there was someone right on me.
1: Yeah, that was that would have been me. You. That, that was you. That would have been the me. Look, you like got the teacher 15 look. Fifteen years ago, put it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah.
0: yeah. Did you start with mm-hmm. classes at Second City?
1: Yeah, I did. I took. Um, so I was in the Second City Improv Conservatory program, which you audition into. I mean, I, it, I feel like there's a couple of auditions along the way. So that by the time you're at the end of the program, there's this handful of students who have auditioned up to this place. And then you get to do a show with your class. And um, the training was wonderful. So I took classes at Second City in the conservatory. And then I also did the um, improv classes at I.O. And then you get your um, uh, 5B shows. So those are like you, your class does... Herald shows for like however many weeks you do a bunch of shows at IO and and then after that you might get on a team at IO or you know whatever you're eligible to audition when they have
0: them and could you briefly tell us what the Herald is
1: yes it's so so the Herald is an improv structure I guess um, and uh, Chicago style long-form improv comedy um, this ever-evolving art form. Um, I One of the kind of instrumental players is a man named Del Close who teamed up with Sharna Halpern and those two had I.O. And I.O. is Improv Olympics. Right, but I think they're not legally allowed to call it that anymore. I feel like there's another place somewhere that got mad, so that's why it became I.O. <laughs> right. But it might have started as Improv Olympics <laughs> at Pretty sure it did, um, but yeah, so this so del close c- loved improv, he liked how organic it was, and um when I say organic, I mean how it just comes about through collaboration and stuff, so he created this um form, and it's i I use the form as a way of tra- kind of training because you have uh some different elements in there, like you start. Your improv with uh, getting a suggestion, and then you do what's called an opening. So that's like uh, exploring the suggestion with your team. A bunch of different ways you could do that. And then you go into some scenes, and uh, two-person scenes. Do three of those. Play another group game. So that's something you do with your team. Um, and then another round of scenes. And then you might play another game and do another round of scenes, or you might just do a run. Which is a run of short, little, f- funny, kind of punchy improv scenes. So it's a form of long form. Um, there's a bunch of different forms, and those are just kind of structures for improvising.
0: And it sounds like callbacks. Uh, it reminds me of Seinfeld, where every, all the stories are supposed to connect. Or yep,
1: yeah. I mean, that's that's what you're kind of aiming for. Um, but you know, in a the sort of improv training that I grew up with and have been trained in is much less a focus on making sure the story makes sense or that the plot lines connect or whatever. And, and uh, improvising from character and from relationship. And the way I teach improv is uh, the same way I coach acting. It's like get in touch with the character. Where are you coming from? Where do you feel? What's your point of view?
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. So, You moved up the the levels in the Second City World and uh, I.O. and did you Mm -hmm. ever go on tour? Were you able to go into one of the touring companies?
1: I didn't go on tour. Um, uh, I just wanted to say, too, that the whole time I was going through all of that, I was also doing a lot of other improv at other places. Like I did um, a lot of independent shows pretty early on in my move to Chicago, I was like, you know, what's going to get me the most stage time is if I just put on improv shows and then put myself in the show, (laughs) or if I do sketch shows and put myself in the show. So I did a lot of like independent work too, and produced a lot of my own stuff. And, um, and also I did comedy sports in Chicago. Um, I did battle prof, which was like the Team that you audition onto before you audition onto the cast. And that was, that experience was really fun. And I wish I would have given myself more permission to be like a goober. I think I got in my head like taking it so seriously, which is weird. Uh Take comedy so seriously. But I'm like, because comedy
0: sports is really fun. (laughs) Well, comedy sports is, I really like that show. Mm -hmm. It was a kind of, it was a sports theme. With teams in red and blue uniforms and a referee. Yeah. And uh, so that's a kick.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: What I learned so much is all the different genres of improv. Mm -hmm. Uh, Improv rock opera, which seems right up my alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we saw improv Shakespeare Mm -hmm. um, and Hitchcock and just all these subgenres. How many theaters are are there? There just seems to be small theaters in Chicago everywhere.
1: Oh, yeah. There's a lot of independent... Um and when I say that word independent, I mean it's owned by like one or two people and storefront theater is like Chicago has awesome storefront theater. It's a great theater city. You know, and um like when we were on the Chicago trip, that little theater we went to, Bug House. Right. So all kind of in that area is pretty industrial, you know. It's like a little bit of neighborhood, but then there's like these office buildings and then there's these little tiny little 50 seat black box theaters just sort of tucked all in that neighborhood um, that do really incredible work. So who knows? <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I could I could guess there's probably like a dozen maybe theaters that do improv in the Chicago area, um, which range from as large as Second city, which has multiple shows running a night, right yeah um to as small as like the theater we were at or um Logan Square improv, which one of my friends was like, next time you come to the city, make sure you go see them. This is a tiny little
0: storefront theater well, yeah. it seems like Chicago has maybe it's a little bit more affordable uh than California, certainly, and that the artists go where the where it's affordable
1: yeah- yes, and I think being in a a metropolis you know and also a city that has so much history that is really the place to for comedy a lot of comedians move to Chicago to get trained cut their teeth and before going to LA or before going to New York you know um but yeah like um if you read Tina Fey or Amy Poehler's uh, autobiographies they talk a lot about their Chicago improv days you know and it was like uh, re reading those books um like Amy puller's book is called yes please and she talks about going up the stairs to i o and go to her improv oh class. wow I, and, I have
0: to look at that book again yeah
1: and having that feeling and I was like I climbed those same stairs you know I know that feeling. <laughs>
0: Didn't yeah. Stephen, now Stephen Cobert is from yes. South Carolina, is, isn't he? Oh,
1: is he? Yeah, he is actually. Yeah. yeah. So he yeah. came out of Second City and who he else did. has come out of Second City? Stephen Cobert and Steve Carell were on the yeah. same Second City cast, which is fun. Oh my gosh, who's, who, who hasn't? Let's I know, see. everyone, yeah. Right, like Bill Murray. So I'm going to, I'm going to just name some of the ones that pop into my head, but I'm going to forget a bunch, like Tim Meadows, Bill Murray, um, Chris Farley uh, Dan Aykroyd, um, the Belushi, John, John Belushi, John Candy. Oh my gosh. Um, like, you know, Gilda Radner, um, who, who just a very rich history. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara, like who, uh, Eugene Levy. I mean, they're awesome. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Why am I blanking on the name? I met him one time. I met a lot of these people, actually, because I was working at Second City when they celebrated their 50th anniversary.
0: Oh, wow. That must have been a great So it was experience. a huge...
1: Yeah, it was a really cool experience. I saw Martin Short on stage with his cast, and he w- insisted on wearing the same costume he wore when he was in his 20s on stage at Second City, and it was very uncomfortable and i just remember it was like kind of a later night show i feel like and i remember like people in the crowd were yelling moose knuckle and he was like loving it the the outfit was real tiny it was real tiny. i think it was tiny to begin with and then he had aged some and made it tinier
0: that's we all (laughs)
1: but it was more short yeah it was it was that was fun um Yeah.
0: So how did you how did you end up in our little enclave here on the central coast?
1: Well, my family lives out here. Oh wow. Your mom is your mom is my mom lives in Atascadero. Uh, My little sister and her husband and kids live in Paso. I have another little sister that lives in Santa Rosa. My dad's in Fresno. So like, the fam is in California. And the way that happened is my senior year of high school, my mom and my sisters moved out here. Um, my mom had a relative who passed away and left her some property. So she was like, let's go California. Where and whereabouts in Templeton, Templeton. Uh-huh. Yeah. So my sisters were younger and so they went to Templeton schools and, um, and then I was like off to college, you know, that was like halfway through my senior year. So I already had my college plan set up. So I'd come home and visit like oh, at wow. Christmas and over the summer. I'm like, my family loves in this like beautiful part of California, you know, So what, what was going on for me is the end of my twenties, I was like, man, I think I'm
0: ready for, you're ready for changes. changes I was ready for something different. I was Uh ready for
1: something different. And I was like, what next? You know, a lot of comedians, uh, would move to LA and be like, I'm doing this now, you know, and, um, or go off and like do something different. And I, um. Well, I just kind of took, like, a year and a half and sort of, like, rambled around the country a little bit, kind of like a leaf in the wind. Uh-huh, yeah. And then um, landed out here and was like, well, you know, I was out of money. <laughs> and I was right. like, it might be nice to have, like, a steady paycheck again. So I was looking at teaching jobs, and then this um, theater job came open at a Tuscadero High School. And I'm like, cool. And there was, like, a... Uh, a little tiny, cute little one bedroom house for rent, like around the corner from where my mom lived. So I'm like, perfect. Uh You know? So I landed here and spent the first year just like culture shock. Readjusting to, you know, I hadn't made the conscious choice to like move out of Chicago. I just knew that I was ready for something different. I wasn't quite sure what. Okay. So there was like a year of just like, what has happened? And then, um, and then I, uh, was like really missing my comedy community that I'd had and missing doing improv with people. Um, and I wanted to make some friends, you know, wow. frankly. Like I wanted to meet people and do improv and have a little bit of that in my life, you know. So I started teaching classes at a little studio in Bay. Um,
0: wow. Yeah. So uh, now you started before, when did you open the comedy theater or the school it was a little bit before COVID
1: yeah so it was in 2016 Uh August 2016 and I took a business class actually I didn't have the. I wasn't like I'm gonna start a business I just was like oh I'm a teacher and it's summer and what do I want to do and there's this business class and I was like that's interesting let's Uh see what this is all about so
0: you almost fell into the
1: yeah and the agreement with the class was like hey you can take this class for free but at the end of it you have to actually start a business what was the name of that uh, was that a nonprofit? It was through, yeah it was
0: women's economic ventures it was through
1: no. the women's business center oh wow yeah and mission community services uh-huh. here in slow yeah it was a great class they still have it I, it's definitely evolved over the years but
0: yeah so you weathered zoo are you weathered COVID, which we can call zoom. I also which weathered we can zoom. Call zoom
1: both like it was that period of time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Which it was, it's really, you know, early on in COVID lockdown, um, like just a couple days into lockdown, I was like, we're having a town hall meeting, emailed, oh, wow. all, uh-huh. emailed everyone who's doing improv at that time, all my students, performers, whatever. I'm like, anyone who's available, hop on zoom. So everybody got on Zoom. I was like, okay, this is weird. You know, people are like, people have a range of feelings from scared to relieved. They don't have to go to work to confused to angry range of feelings. So we like got on, did a little decompression on Zoom. And people are like, well, what are we going to do about improv? And I'm like, you know, I kind of think like um, that we should just lean into being online because this is not something I ever would have considered, but like check it out. Let's just yes and going online, like we would yes and other things in life, yes and in an improv scene, and uh, and it, there were some like real benefits, you know, like we do playoffs every year
0: oh, in wow. August, you, and you're doing it this summer.
1: Yeah, we're gonna Great. do it this summer in August to celebrate our anniversary, our birth, the theater's birthday. We do playoffs, and how 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 old is the theater? We'll be seven seven uh-huh. in August, 2023. Okay, But, but yeah, our, I think our fourth, third or fourth year, we were on zoom for playoffs and we raised money for local charities and we raised like, I feel like it was like, I don't know why the $7,000 is coming to mind, but it was, it was a chunk of change. I felt like. For some local charities, you know, and each playoffs team was tasked with picking a charity that they were going to fundraise for. Wow. And then we did the shows over Zoom and we like live streamed them and which was also cool too because sometimes people could watch people do improv, you know, grandma in like upstate New York could watch you do improv in California with your team Uh whereas like she normally couldn't see that because our shows would just be at a bar down the street. So like I was like, oh, it's kind of cool.
0: You know, <laughs> well, we were talking about. I was in a small theater in Santa Maria, and and I, I go to the PCPA plays, and mm-hmm. and we were th- talking about that traditional theater, which is mainly older people, and and I think improv is a way to maybe reach younger people, and also you don't have to go to a fancy theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing it at you're doing it at a at a brewery or mm-hmm. a winery, mm-hmm. and and just it seems so. Vital and funny and yeah. the shows have been great.
1: Thanks, Andy. I you, feel that way too.
0: Thank you. You brought house music. I, I make a joke about. <laughs> it took us fifty years to get house music on the Central Coast. But yeah, we finally we're got here. It. we
1: have a little bit of it. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah. Um, thanks. I really appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh so we have some shows coming up. I'll uh-huh. I'll announce it on my podcast. But you do thanks. a show, uh you do a show at Slow Wine and Beer. Yep. And uh, the um, public market. The public market. And then also shows at the Siren, at the uh, siren. next to the golf course yes. at Cuesta.
1: Yes. Yeah. There's a couple other venues um, I'm excited to work with too. Um, and it feels good. It feels like things are, you know, it probably took until, I would say, what are we in? It's almost April 2023 now. So f- for me, I didn't feel like I was fully back. Like the theater and students and everything. We weren't fully back post-COVID until like August 2022. Then I was like, okay, we're back. You know, like venues were willing to have shows again and like willing to, you know, try stuff. And I felt like, I feel like the businesses around here have like kind of gotten back on their feet.
0: Well, it's, uh, I I mean, I've, Followed open mics. I look online, and and there was nothing. Eight years ago, there was, and so the improv theater and many other venues have uh, businesses are wanting more entertainment, more yeah. music, and it like man, we kind of feel like a city. Yeah, like kind of. I mean, I remember when I first came to Slow, and I'm like, it was November, it was cold, and it was dead, and I'm just mm. like, oh, why did I move here? Yeah, and but now, 20 years later, we finally maybe have some of these big, big city uh comedy schools and stand up and all that. So. I
1: feel that too. I heard this term a few years ago, creative economy. Yes. I feel like we have a very healthy creative economy and it's just growing. You know, like we have like um a lot of a lot of music going on, drag shows, burlesque Lumpuk. shows. <laughs> drag shows
0: and <in> lumpook. <laughs> Boom,
1: and that's your friend Suzette. That's right. You Suzette know, who's a Santa Maria Santa <laughs> She's Maria doing resident. it up. Yeah, yeah. And um comedy I'm like I love I love that there's multiple comedy shows going on any given night and that we're getting good turnouts
0: well and there seems know? to be an imp like a lot of comedians are coming up and down the coast and yes up in Paso Robles people will drive through and yep. and then we had in our class we 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 had people on zoom that were really doing it and yeah that was just so exciting for me
1: yeah yeah me too I'm I'm it it makes me feel much more um, confident calling this my home and kind oh, of wow. dropping anchor here because uh-huh. I really would need to live in a place that has a thriving art scene and has a lot of opportunity. You
0: know, well, and that's what I'm working on in Santa Maria. Is there's so much opportunity there, yes. but they just they are, you know, only beginning to develop mm-hmm. kind of that infrastructure. Yeah, and 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 we have a dilapidated. Dilapidated downtown, and it's it's like yeah. that's where the artists need to go. Yeah. And actually, there's a show at the uh, at the Swiss Chalet, yes. which is uh, one of our old cowboy bars. And <laughs> so I'm uh, on Saturday night, so cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Man, we're getting some of it in Santa Maria. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: Stevens in that one.
0: Stevens in right, that one. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Oh, I just love with the comedy just. Just people that are random, yep. random yep. group of people, people that are 20, people that are old, 70. And mm-hmm. it's like, what do you bring in? And there are yeah. some hilarious people. Yeah, I just yeah. love laughing. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. Me
1: too. I do like going to an open mic and seeing the wide variety of characters that are there. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It's exciting. Well,
0: well, thank you so much. Thanks, it was really Andy. good to chat. And thank I'm you. in my podcast, I'm going to um, just talk more about the trip and uh, the history of Chicago. And so, Sounds good. So it's going to be a good program. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. All right. Thank you, Sabrina. Bye. You've reached the end of another episode of the Cowboy Jeff and Andy podcast. My special thanks to Sabrina Pratt of the Central Coast Comedy Theater. You can reach Cowboy Jeff and Andy on Instagram at Cowboy Jeff and Andy. If you'd like to reach me, I'm on Gmail at Cowboy Jeff and Andy at gmail.com, all lowercase. Taking next week off for the holiday and we'll return after Easter. So have a good week and bye-bye.